Hi, my name's Jason. I'm the senior pastor at Chilton Church. We hope all our messages will help you connect more fully with God's love, grow as his follower, and share his hope with those around you. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Well, good morning again, perhaps for anyone that has just tuned in to be with us. Uh, a very special welcome to you, uh, whether you are a part of the Chilton Church family or perhaps tuning in from further away. Um, it has been lovely to have people connecting in with us and communicating with us and engaging with us. And we really do trust that this time and this message, this word um, is going to be inspiring, encouraging and helpful for you as we kick off with our first in our series of Easter messages in the run up to celebrating Easter together this year in what is an extraordinary time for us and a challenging time for us. I think that most of us are still trying to come to grips um, socially, politically, emotionally, economically, um, spiritually with the impact of the COVID virus uh, on our lives, on our lifestyles. I said last week that our lives have been put through incredible stress and strain and challenge um, as we've had to come to terms with new ways of doing so many of the things that we've taken for granted. I also said uh, last week that I'm aware there may very well be people who are tuning in today and you are busy experiencing pain and loss yourself. You may have lost people that you love. There may be others who have lost their jobs, um, other people who are facing real financial uncertainty uh, and challenge in the season ahead. I'm aware that some of us are facing anxiety as we process these uncertain days and we're not sure how everything is working, our rhythms of, of rest and of work and of activity um, have all been interrupted and been changed. I'm aware that many of you are on the very front line of this battle, uh, and we want to say we've been thinking of and praying for our emergency services and the doctors and nurses and police and staff and now thousands of volunteers across the country, across the world, who are needing to show incredible bravery and strength and endurance in this time as they seek to serve and minister to and help those in the greatest of need in our society. And so there is a very different gravity uh, to Easter this year as we journey towards celebrating the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And what I have been powerfully struck by as I have been preparing for today and just preparing for Easter and, the, and, and sort of looking at the, the lead up to Easter within the Gospels, what you see so clearly and so evidently in the Bible is that God is never without a plan. And so God is always prepared. And that means we can have total confidence total confidence in his promises. Uh, and that's really the big theme that we want to focus on over the course of this Easter series. And it's actually not just that God has a plan himself and that he is prepared, but God has given us an insight into his plans, both through the Bible and by the ministry and presence of the Holy Spirit, so that we can be prepared 
in life, in relationships, in ministry, and we can actually be ready to bring other people into the promises of God and into the hope that we can have in Christ. And so again, I was really struck by looking at Matthew and Mark and Luke as we see Jesus preparing his disciples in a very interesting way for uh, the Last Supper, the betrayal, the crucifixion, uh, and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Before all of these things, we see Jesus preparing his disciples by teaching them about his second coming. And I think there's real significance and hope for us in that. And Jesus prepares his disciples for the challenge and the trial and the death of, of Jesus as, as they're going to journey through that by teaching them about his second coming. He's preparing his disciples and preparing us, actually, for the season of ministry that is going to follow his ascension after his resurrection and his return. The season of ministry where Jesus says the world and the church is going to experience this ongoing sort of repetition of hardship and trial. And Jesus wants us to be aware of that so we can be prepared for it and know how to navigate it. And so I'd like to read to us uh, in a moment from Mark chapter 13. If you have your Bibles with you, then you can take them out or sort of switch them on. We'll have it on the screen, but I'm aware it may not be as clear for you to be able to see. And so if you'd like to follow along in Mark chapter 13, we're going to read uh, most of the chapter. Uh, we're going to be looking at the big picture elements that come out of it. I think as a general rule, when we are looking at the future teaching of Jesus about his second coming, it's really helpful to hold strongly to the big ideas that we see in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, sort of taught right across the Bible, and know that there are some great answers to perhaps some of the smaller detail questions that we may have about that. But I don't want to focus on those smaller detail questions this morning. I want us to see the big picture, main truths that I believe are a real encouragement for us today and are going to be really helpful for us as we journey towards Easter in the midst of a very challenging time. And so perhaps you want to, where you are, um, just close your eyes, open your hands to the Lord, maybe kneel or however you feel comfortable as I pray for us, that as we unpack God's word together today, that we would be strengthened and changed and transformed as the Spirit of God speaks to us by his word. So, Father, we do come to you today, and we thank you for the presence of your Spirit in our lives. We thank you for the Word of God, that it's a lamp and a light to our feet, that, God, your Word gives us truth that transforms us and equips us and empowers us as you release to us your plans and purposes, that we can know them and live by them and live according to them. And so, God, I pray that your hope and your strength and your courage would be given to us now by the power of the Holy Spirit as we unpack this word together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, Mark uh, chapter 13 uh, says this. As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of the disciples said to him, Look, teacher, 
What massive stones. What magnificent buildings. Do you see these great buildings? Jesus uh, uh, replied. Not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, tell us, when will these things happen? What will be the sign that they are about to be fulfilled? I just want to pause here before we continue on with the rest of the chapter and say, I think as people, we have a tendency to marvel at our own achievements. And the temple was a great achievement. It was a fantastic architectural engineering achievement. It must have felt and looked so solid and secure and permanent. And yet times like the times we're in at the moment, they show us that the things that we can create, they're not permanent, not permanent like God is permanent. And we see that Jesus has to share with the disciples some news that would have been quite distressing for them, that a time was going to come when these magnificent buildings of such sort of security for them were going to be destroyed. And it's Jesus speaking prophetically about a future time when the the temple was going to be destroyed. Uh, We know that that happened in AD 70. And so the disciples don't know when that's going to happen yet. And so they asked Jesus, Jesus, what is going to be the sign that the temple is going to be destroyed? And so Jesus now begins to explain that to him. What is going to lead up to this moment of the temple being destroyed? But not only that, he actually goes beyond that to explain what the whole season between his ascension and his second coming is going to be like for them and for the church. And so he begins with what's going to precede the destruction of the temple. And then he goes on to show what it's going to be like in the run up to his second coming. So back into the passage, uh, verse 5. Have we got it on the screen? There we go. Jesus said to them, watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name claiming I am he and will deceive many. When you hear of wars or rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginnings of birth pains, saying there will be these natural disasters. There will be suffering. There will be death. There will be war. And these are some of the things that are going to characterize this time between Jesus' ascension and Jesus' return. He goes on in Verse 9, you must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils. You'll be flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must be preached to all nations. Whenever you're arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time. For it's not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. 
We're going to come back to this again in a moment, but but I find it so helpful and interesting that Jesus and Matthew and Mark and Luke, as they record Jesus' words, they really see the significance of us understanding this season of the church's life and mission and ministry. That within this time that is going to be punctuated by these series of challenges and hardships, that in this time, it's, it's as if God is trying to alert us so that we can be aware, so that God can release his strength and equip us to know how to deal with them when they happen. Verse 12, Jesus continues, brother will portray brother to death and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And then for the sake of time, jumping ahead to a time now that is beyond the destruction of the temple, but not yet before the coming of Jesus. Verse 24 says this, in those days, uh, following that distress, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky. The heavenly bodies will be shaken. These sort of worldwide cataclysmic events. And then verse 26, at that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels to gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. And then lastly to verse 32. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. And then Jesus ends the teaching with this short parable. He says, it's like a man going away and he leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with an assigned task and tells the one at the door to keep watch for his return, so the household can be ready for him when he comes back. Each of us has a role to play in this time between Jesus' ascension and his return. Okay, what are some of the big points that we need to take from this that I believe are are important and relevant and significant? Well, there there are four big points that I want to draw to our attention. And the first is this that Jesus prepares his disciples for challenging times. He prepares us for those times where we are outside of our comfort zone. We're in an environment that's not natural to us, like the person in the scuba gear, that he needed to be prepared in order to be in this environment that was not natural to him. Jesus wants his disciples, he wants us to live alert to the reality of the coming challenge and the coming suffering, that during this season, between his death and his return, we will often find ourselves, the world and the church, facing challenge and trouble. And I'm so thankful that Jesus has been upfront with us about that. He's not hidden this truth from us so that we can be prepared. And naturally, we ask in these times of of suffering and challenge, whether that's us going through it or others that we love, and we see them going through times of challenge and suffering, we ask these questions, why? Why is this happening? 
Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to us? Why is this happening in the world? Such understandable questions for us to be asking. But I believe that Jesus has told us, he's forewarned us that these times of challenge are coming because he actually wants us to be asking a totally different set of questions. Not why is this happening, because he's told us that these times need to happen and we need to trust him in that. And so rather that we would be asking these kinds of questions, asking God, how God, how in this time do we navigate through this period of trial in a way that honors you? How do we worship you in this time? How do we find strength in you in this time to, to love you, to love others, to love our families? And how do we find strength to serve you and serve others and be a light in this season of darkness? See, I believe that Jesus fully understands the challenge that we are in. It's a challenge that he knew very well and very personally. The challenge of knowing connection with God and honoring God and living for God in the midst of suffering and loss. God knows our, our human tendency in times of danger. That in times of challenge, we're invited to retreat. And yet it's in times of challenge that God actually calls us to advance. God calls us to advance. And, and, and God knows that our, our human nature and, and ourself, we don't want to suffer. We don't want to experience hardship. We saw this the other week as we looked at this reality of the self that doesn't want to, to suffer, but we're called to actually deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow him. And that whoever loses his life for my sake, Jesus says, and the gospel will actually find it, will find life. And so the ministry of the church in times of challenge is called upward and called forward because the gospel, the good news of the kingdom needs to go to all people and all nations. It's why in the beginning of our service, for those of you who were not able to see that, we are supporting as a church RAM and the 4220 Foundation. And if you'd like to know more about that, uh, we have a link to this fantastic organization in the description below. Uh, an organization that's seeking to translate the Old Testament into the languages that don't have it yet so that people can have the entirety of the Bible and the whole counsel of God and know all the promises of God and how we can trust and rely on him because we want to see the message of hope and the kingdom get to everybody, even in these times of trial and challenge. And I think this is meant to inspire us that trouble does not stop the church when the church is full of God. Think of Paul, who we looked at last week, and the hardships and challenges that he went through in his life and ministry. And yet he says this in Romans chapter 15, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. He says, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I've said and by what I've done. 
by the power of signs and wonders through the power of the Spirit of God from Jerusalem all the way round to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel, the good news about Jesus. It has always been my ambition, Paul says, to preach the gospel where Christ was not known. God is calling us, you and me and the church across the world in this time. He is calling us not to retreat, but to advance in faith, in intimacy, in mission, in the ministry of the kingdom, in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now is the time in the midst of this hardship not to question the goodness of God because he's forewarned us of this challenge but to share the good news of Christ, of hope in Christ with our friends, with our family, with our neighbors and with the world who desperately need it in this time of darkness and challenge. And you might think, and I have thought in these weeks, how, how do we do that? How do we find the strength to be able to do that? And again, we see the answer to that in the teaching we've looked at from Jesus. It's by relying on the Spirit when we find ourselves out of our depth. And Jesus gives this wonderful example, a true example of what they were going to be facing and what some of us may face in seasons ahead. He speaks about people being called before those in power and, and, and sort of demanded to give an account of the faith that they have in Jesus and why they serve Jesus and why they're living the way they do and why they believe what they do. And Jesus says, in those moments, not to worry. When you find yourself out of your depth, beyond your capacity to be able to cope, because the Holy Spirit who is within you, if you are a Christian and a child of God, the Spirit of the living God is within you and he will minister through you and give you the power and capacity to be able to respond as you need to. Now more than ever, we need to be relying on the strength of the Holy Spirit, praying to be filled with the Holy Spirit for godly character at home as things are stressful and tense and everybody is sort of cramped up together in kingdom power and ministry as we seek to pray for and serve and share with in creative ways those who are around us. And so I want to say to everyone that's listening, your destiny in God, God's call upon your life is far beyond your own capacity and resources and your own natural ability. God's call and purpose are far beyond your ability to cope in and out of your own natural self. But they are not beyond God's but we cannot rely on our own strength. And I think that that's something that we are really being taught as a nation and as a world at this time, that our strength has a limit. And as we reach that limit, we're able to rely on God's strength and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then lastly and gloriously, the, the fourth point I want to share is that Jesus says he is coming back. 
and he will make all things right. Jesus wants you to know and me to know and the church to know and through the church, the world to know that he is coming back. And this time of trial and hardship and suffering and death has a time limit ordained by God and it will end. And he is coming with great power and glory. And when he does, he will make all things new. And where there's been injustice, he will bring justice. Where there has been brokenness and hurt, he will bring restoration. He will bring judgment where there has been sin and a lack of repentance. And on that day, our hope in him will be seen to be eternally worthwhile as we've placed our hope and trust in him. And so church, I want to say to you today that God does have a plan. And this has not taken him by surprise. And he is prepared. And by the Spirit of God, who is able to be at work within you, he wants to equip you and empower you for this time and this season. And his promises for us are certain and sure. And so I want to pray for us now and pray for you, and pray for you in your homes, and pray for everyone that perhaps listens to this, whether they listen live or they listen later on. I want to pray that the Spirit of God would strengthen our hearts, would fill us with us with his love, that the Spirit of God would direct our hearts into the love of Jesus, as Paul writes, that we would have the power and grace of God not to retreat in this time, but to advance in intimacy and even in mission and confidence in his eternal promise that he is coming back and he will make all things new. He will make all things new. Let's pray together. Maybe you want to close your eyes, open your hands to the Lord as we receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, I pray into every living room, every kitchen, every garden, wherever people are, are streaming and listening and watching. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would fill our hearts with your love, with your power, with your grace, with your character, with your hope and with your peace that this would not be a time where the church retreats, but this would be a time where the church advances in kingdom ministry, in the spirit of God, in hope and power. And Lord, we do pray again for, for all of those that are on the front line of this natural battle, for the doctors, the emergency services, the, the helpers and the volunteers and all those who are, who are needing to work in this time. God, we pray strength and physical endurance to them. We commit them to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Well, it has been um, wonderful to be with you and this morning. We trust that this has been encouraging and helpful. Thank you for tuning in online. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, then we'd love to encourage you to do that. Um, if you'd like to financially support the church as a way uh, to worship the Lord and, and what he's doing in your heart and in your life and support what we're doing as a family, and then you are able to do that online. The links are in the description below. Uh, and we do look forward to seeing you next week. Uh, we will be releasing other videos online through the, through the course of the week. And so you can look out for those as well. Um, but may the Lord be with you and bless you. God's grace be upon you until we see you again. Fantastic. God bless everyone. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about the church and how to connect with us in person or online, wherever you are, please visit our website at www.chiltonchurch.org.uk.